Hey, welcome to River Glen. Everybody, good to see you. If you're uh, new around here, my name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, I want you to know that um, our doors swing wide open to you, uh, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. And uh, we really uh, mean that. Uh, how about if we join together and give just a big uh, welcome to our River Glen family over in Pewaukee and online. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you. We love doing this together with all of uh, you. Some of you might be wondering, you know, what's Ben doing wearing a boot? Yeah, had a little injury, a little exercise uh, injury, and I thought I would hate the boot. I actually like the boot. It feels really good. And uh, so this may become part of my regular wardrobe um, around, uh, around uh, here. Well, last weekend, if you weren't here, uh, we began uh, this atypical series, and uh, we did something, you know, very atypical. We gave out money to uh, everybody here. If you weren't here, some of you are sad that uh, you missed out, but uh, everybody received a, a fun green envelope like this with some uh, money in it. And just to be clear, this is not the church's money. This is my own personal money. And this may be one of the dumbest things that I ever do. At least my wife, Marnie, thinks that might be uh, the case. Uh, but just so you know, this is for real. I went to the bank 12 days ago, withdrew enough money to give everybody a dollar. Here's what the cash looked like, some of it look like, and this would be money that we would, Marnie and I would have eaten on, we would have paid our bills on, maybe left some of this one day for our kids, and then I walked out of the bank carrying this bag of money. I felt like a drug dealer walking out of there, you know, uh, with that, and I asked you to carry around this dollar with you for uh, one week and uh, bring it back with you this weekend, and I hope that you remember to do that because I like having a roof over my uh, head. Uh, so this week has, has been fun. I mean, I've had... Many conversations. I have never seen one dollar cause so much stress before. People have asked me, you know, uh, uh, what are you going to do if, if you don't get it all back? Are you and Marnie going to be okay? I'm nervous. I'm uncomfortable carrying uh, your money uh, around. And, uh, you know, we're just trusting God and, and trusting you. And uh, some people are really into this. My friend Dan uh, has taken pictures and posted these on Facebook. He said, uh, you know, Ben's dollar and I have a lot of fun things planned for the next seven days. Uh, here's his dollar watching the Super Bowl. It's cheering for the Chiefs, but it told me it's more of a Washington fan. Yeah, good one. Uh, I really appreciate Dan taking great care of my, uh, my, my money. If you brought your dollar back and uh, you're wondering what do you do with it, okay, later on we're going to take up an offering. Don't put it in the offering bag. That's the church's money. Uh, uh, this is my money, and so we put some containers, uh, look like this, at every exit, both locations. You, uh, you, you can't miss it, Ben's uh, buck stops here, and uh, a handsome picture uh, right there on your, on your way out. And so that's where you can return my money. Now, here's the reason I did this. I really wanted you to feel the tension of carrying somebody else's uh, money, because the truth is, you carry somebody else's money every single day. It's not my money, it's God's uh, money. Last weekend, we began talking about uh, a very atypical attitude toward our, our money. Now, the typical attitude people have about money is it's mine, I can do whatever I want with it, but Jesus actually taught a very atypical attitude, and he tells us that uh, I'm not, we're not an owner, and we can't just do whatever we want with it because we are just managers of God's money, and so I'm rep responsible to advance the owner's goals not my own, and to honor the owner first. This, we find this teaching throughout Scripture. For example, in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, it says, Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. There's over 50 Scriptures 
that make this exact same point, that everything, everything that we have is God's, 100% of it, the money in your savings, it's God's, the money in your investments, in your retirement, it's God's, the money you received in an inheritance from a, a parent, a grandparent, it's God's, the car you drive, the clothes you have at home in your closet, God's, and we need to feel the tension of carrying and managing God's resources and wealth. Every time you, every time you uh, bring up your bank account online to see the balance, you need to feel the tension of managing God's uh, money. And it is, managing his money is a spiritual issue. Now, to get us all headed in the same direction today, I want to do a little exercise uh, with you to help you feel uh, what I'm going to talk about uh, today. And so everybody, both campuses, I want you to do this. Take, take both hands, put them in front of you like this. And I want you to make a fist, all right? And uh, uh, no punching, okay? Don't punch the person next to you, even if you might feel like it. Uh, no punching. I want you to just uh, clench your fist. Now, I'm going to time us, so don't worry about doing this too long. I'm going to limit this to 20 seconds. And I want everybody to just clench your fist as tight as you can. Give it everything that you uh, have. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the timer and I'm asking everybody to do this on both campuses, okay? Uh, on, on your mark, uh, get set, and uh, go. All right, squeeze, everybody. Squeeze really hard. Squeeze really tight. You ought to be feeling this in your wrist, into your forearms, up into your biceps. No, no quitting, uh, no cheating. Just keep squeezing really hard. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, now you can open your hand slowly. Isn't it funny how hard it is to open your hand just even after squeezing a clenched fist for 20 seconds? Now just let your hand open all the way open. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? That is the most uh, liberating, peace-filled move that you can make financially, to open your hands. But it is so atypical. Today, I want to talk about atypical generosity. And I want to do it based on a very atypical story found in Matthew chapter 21. I doubt that you've ever heard generosity taught from this uh, story before because I never heard it until a few months ago. I heard a message by a pastor from Atlanta named Louis Giglio, and it inspired me so much. I want to share that teaching with you today. It's about atypical generosity, and it's from a a passage that tells the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. This takes place five days before the crucifixion, five days before Jesus will accomplish the greatest mission in the history of our world. But Jesus has generosity on his uh, mind. I want to go ahead and dive in and read to you, beginning in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Now, first of all, I want you to notice there's two donkeys in this story. Some of us, some of you have heard this story before. We have a tendency to think Jesus used one donkey on Palm Sunday, but he actually asked for two donkeys, a large donkey and a small donkey called a colt. That might be more new information for some of us. Jesus tells the two disciples, untie the big donkey and the little donkey and bring them to me. Sometimes we tend to think that Jesus is going to ask us to do super difficult, super complicated assignments, but generosity is simply about untying things 
and bringing them to Jesus. God's blessed us with, with stuff, but it's tied up in all kinds of ways. And generosity says, I'm going to untie it and bring it to Jesus. Untie it from my selfishness. Untie it from my fear. Untie it from my short-sightedness. Untie it from my abundance and bring it to Jesus. But the two disciples who received this instruction from Jesus wondered, you know, what if the donkey owner, owner asked us what we're doing? I mean, Jesus, Jesus, are we stealing these donkeys? Uh, verse 3, he says, Jesus says, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Evidently, God touched the heart of this donkey owner and said, my son needs to use your donkeys. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The prophet Zechariah made that prediction in the Old Testament of the Bible. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Some of you are familiar with the story. Some of you have, have attended Palm Sunday weekend at River Glen where we hand out palm branches. And that, this comes from, that comes from this story. Verse 9, the crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of, of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowd the crowd's answered, this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This word, Hosanna, means salvation. The people shout, here comes God's salvation. Here comes God's plan. Here comes forgiveness. Here comes grace. And notice how it says, the whole city was stirred. And this is what we want to see happen through River Glen. We want to, we want to see Waukesha, Pewaukee, Milwaukee, stirred up by the impact of Jesus. And so I want to share with you four insights about atypical generosity from this story. Four reasons why generosity is not just atypical, it is amazing. It is crazy. It is ridiculous. It is incredible. Here's the first reason it's incredible that God asks us for anything. I mean, think about it. Jesus didn't need to ask for a donkey and a colt. This is Jesus. Jesus turned a boy's lunch into a meal, and he fed 5,000 men and their families. Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus walked on the water. Jesus raised dead people back to life. He didn't need to borrow a donkey and a colt. I mean, he could have saved time and hassle. Remember, he just had five days until the, the cross. Jesus could have said, bam, and created a colt and a, a, a donkey. Jesus created donkeys in the first place. He could have created more of them. He could have created a herd of donkeys. He could have created a Eddie Murphy talking donkey if, if he wanted to. Or Jesus could have said, it's my donkey and colt. I'm taking it. But instead he said, tell the man the Lord needs a donkey and a, a colt. Jesus owns everything. And he says, may I borrow your, your donkey for a few minutes, which seems ridiculous, doesn't it? It seems crazy. But that's how he treats all of us. God could do whatever he wants. He doesn't need our help. But he chooses to partner with us. He chooses to work through us. The fact that God comes to human beings that he made and asked to borrow things that he created, that's crazy. 
That's amazing. And so when God says, Ben, I want you and River Glen Church to reach more people who are far from me in Waukesha, in Pewaukee, in Milwaukee, and around the world, I want you to launch more groups and more ministries and more campuses and more churches where people can pursue me and build community. My spirit and your spirit ought to be God. If you want to use my donkeys, I'm in. Because it's really your donkey anyway. It's, it's amazing that God asks ask us for anything. Second, it's incredible that Jesus rides into town on the generosity of ordinary people. I mean, think about this. Jesus could have come into town any way that he wanted. You know, talk about a triumphal entry. I mean, he could have come swooping down into the city and just blew people's minds like nothing they'd ever seen before. He could have come with that angelic choir that scared the shepherds on the night that he was uh, born. He could have flown into Jerusalem on Air Force One. Talk about an incredible entrance. That would have been amazing. But instead, he asked for a donkey, not a million-dollar thoroughbred racehorse, a donkey. He did that to fulfill prophecy, but I think there's another reason why he did that. It's because common people had donkeys, and a donkey represents how God uses the generosity of ordinary people in extraordinary ways. I mean, Jesus could have walked into town. Sometimes Jesus would do that. He'd just, kind of, he'd just walk into town, but this was different. He knew this was Holy Week, and it was a great opportunity, and so he wanted to do this in partnership with his people, in partnership with his uh, children. I love how it says the whole city was stirred up by Jesus riding into town. This uh, donkey owner, uh, owner of a simple, ordinary donkey, he sets off a tidal wave in Jerusalem. And this is what God wants to do in the towns and the cities where we live. I think God says, I want the whole town. I want the whole city stirred up and impacted by Jesus. I want everybody asking, who is this? But for that to happen... It's going to take more than just gathering together in this room for preaching or teaching or, or, or music or gathering together in, in groups. Those are all good things. Those are great things, but it will require generosity. That's how Jesus has always entered towns and cities, and that's how Jesus intends to ride in and stir up and make an impact in Waukesha and Pewaukee and Milwaukee and beyond on the generosity of ordinary people like us. I mean, if you came to River Glen or here in Waukesha or Pewaukee or online and it was there before you, think about it. Jesus came riding into town on someone else's generosity. You know, many of you know that River Glen likes to help plant churches. We financially support uh, church planting. We're a church planting church. I'll give you an example. Back in uh, the fall of 2016, we, uh, we financially supported uh, Brian and his wife, uh, Jill Annette McKee, to plant City of, uh, City of Life Church in Milwaukee uh, County. They just celebrated their third uh, birthday. They just moved into a new facility. Here's a picture. And uh, look at this. Their, their, their building has 300 seats. They're filling it up. I went over to Milwaukee this week and toured their facility with Brian, and uh, they've got people standing on, on, during their services because they're running out of space, so they're adding a second service uh, next month to accommodate the growing numbers of uh, people. I want you to hear from uh, Pastor Brian McKee. Take a look. From the beginning, this was a time where we uh, reached out north, south, east, and west because of the area that we live in. We know southeastern Wisconsin in general is 
the most uh, divided and segregated area in the United States. So we said, what could we do that models the life and the heart of Jesus Christ to reach out to a divided area? And really uh, creating multi-ethnic and racial reconciliation talks for the community to come together and talk city and suburbs to see what the change and what the difference can be in our area. And so we just started seeing people coming. We started seeing families that wouldn't normally do life together, find City of Light Church as a safe place and a space where they could get to know one another and really get to know Jesus. And from that point on until now, that's continued to happen, uh, even some uh, from city government to uh, other nonprofit and for-profit organizations have seen what we've been doing and said that something's working there and they want to partner with us to, to see more lives change. And so that's really, you know, at, at the very basic level, some of the strategy that we've used. What would, would Jesus do in this particular situation or in, in this context and do that with all of our heart, be a generous church, and then see what happens from there? Thank you, River Glen Church, for at the very early stages of, of City of Light Church, seeing something in us and seeing really the God in us uh, to support us financially and even through your prayers and support. Early on at City of Light Church's inception, we were able to be generous to the city and suburbs and begin to bring people together of difference, different experience, different background, to not only do life with one another, but also grow in their relationship with Jesus. And much of that was due to River Glen's generosity. So thank you. Yeah, I am so glad. Let's give them a hand. I am so glad that we partnered with uh, Brian and Jolinette, and uh, I am just so inspired by how God is, is working in City of Light Church. If you know somebody in the Milwaukee area who needs a church home, tell them about, tell them about City of, of, of Light. I love how, how River Glen provides donkeys so that Jesus can ride into more towns and cities and stir it up and make an impact. We recently began supporting two more new churches it's incredible that God asks us for anything, and it's incredible that Jesus rides into town on the generosity of ordinary people. And then third, it's incredible that our generosity writes us into the story of God. Our greed writes us out of the story. Our generosity writes us into the story of, of God. Think about donkey owner guy. I mean, he's written into the Bible. He's written into the gospel of, of, of Matthew. I'm not, we're not in the scriptures. We're not in the Bible. We could have been if we lived back then and if we would have been willing to untie and give our donkeys when Jesus needed to use them. See, it's those little acts of responsiveness to God's promptings in our lives that writes us into the story of God. There's a widow in, this, in the scripture who gave a couple coins. We don't really know a lot about her. She's in the story. There's a little kid who had five loaves and two fish and he was willing to share. We don't know much about him. He's in the story too. There's an affluent guy named Joseph of Arimathea. He's in the story because he generously loaned a tomb to Jesus when he needed it. It got written into the story of God. I mean, it's the crucifixion and resurrection. It's the greatest story in all of history, and it includes this guy named Joe. God even tells us that he's from Arimathea because he wants us to know which Joe it was. We're written into the story, not because we're important. We're written in because of our generosity. That's why Donkey Guy is in this story. He made himself available 
through generosity to, to God. Think about it. For the rest of his life, he could say, remember when Jesus rode into town on those uh, two donkeys? Those were my donkeys. For the rest of their lives, his kids could say, my dad was the two donkey guy. And at the end of life, when he's older and sitting around telling stories, I think he probably told this story. I, I love to hear uh, generosity uh, stories like that. I came across a story this week about a greedy thief and a generous woman uh, named Hollis Sharp. Every night, Hollis would go for a walk with her miniature poodle, Jonathan, in uh, California, where she uh, lived. And uh, because she was a conscientious citizen, she'd take a plastic bag, and she would clean up after uh, Jonathan would do his business on somebody's yard. And one November, she's almost home, and a mugger jumps out from behind a bush, shoves her to the ground, grabs the bag and makes off with the uh, spoils of his crime. The police come, and although Hollis uh, suffered a broken arm, she maintained her sense of humor. She told the police officers, I only wish I would have had more for him in the, uh, in the bag. Yeah, that's generosity. And I like that story, but you know what? When it comes to generosity, most people really do want to give more. Most people want to open their hands and, and give uh, generously. That's why the media loves uh, generosity stories. Maybe some of you saw this story. It made the news this week. A waitress in Massachusetts received a $5,000 tip. Amazing. And, and what's also amazing, that made the, the national news, nationwide news, uh, because generosity touches our heart. God put a desire in our heart to give. And uh, we connect with generosity stories. And, and when we give, it writes us into the story of, of God. I want to tell you a little bit about a friend of mine who passed away recently. None of you know him, I, I don't think. But he's one of the most atypical, generous people I've ever known in, in my life. His name was Dave Simpson, and he died at the age of 81 on Christmas Day in Kentucky. And uh, take a look at his obituary here. It says he baptized over 300 people. But he wasn't a pastor. He wasn't even a teacher. He was a volunteer. And he just loved telling people about Jesus. And uh, I think that's amazing. He baptized over 300 people. That's not why I wanted to show this uh, to you. It says he was head of missions and church planting. He served as the head of missions at this church in Kentucky. And that's where I got to know him. I worked there for nine years. And when it came time for Marnie and I to move up from Kentucky to Waukesha to plant River Glen Church, Dave Simpson gave a ridiculously generous gift that helped us start River Glen. Dave gave the first donkeys that Jesus used to ride in to Waukesha through River Glen uh, Church. And it also says he owned a sign company, Brightway Sign Company. He donated all our signs. He came to our grand opening and he put up all our signage uh, for us. I could go on and on telling you about how generous Dave and his wife Joyce and and, and the Owensboro Church uh, gave generously, not just to River Glen. They also supported financially the Ridge Community Church in, in Greenfield and many other churches and ministries. And I know his family grieves his death. They miss him deeply. But they have so much to celebrate because of his uh, faith and because of his generosity. We know Dave's in heaven right now talking to Jesus, having coffee with Jesus. And Jesus isn't asking Dave about his golf game. Jesus says, Dave, thank you for your generosity. Well done, good and faithful servant. And Dave is going to meet people in heaven who found Jesus because of his 
generosity. What a ripple effect. What a legacy for his life. Here's a great question to ask yourself. What do I want people to talk about and thank me for at the end of, of, of my life? I've been thinking about that question. Do I want people to say Ben was greedy? No. Do I want people to say Ben was a winner? That wouldn't cut it. Uh, do I want people to say Ben was generous? Oh, I hope so. I, I, would, I, would, I would love that. I hope so. I, isn't it amazing? God asks us for anything. And isn't it amazing? Jesus rides into towns and cities on ordinary people's generosity, and we get written into the story. We're not even an important part of the story. I mean, it's a story about Jesus, but our generosity writes us into the story of God. Every time somebody comes to faith in Jesus, every time we baptize somebody, every time God changes a life, a marriage, a family, you're part of the story. You're written into it because of your generosity through River Glen. And then fourth, it's incredible, he got the donkeys back. He got the donkeys back. A few years ago, I got to go over to Jerusalem with a group from River Glen, and we actually walked the, the Palm Sunday path. Jesus walked. It wasn't very long. I don't know. It took us maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes to uh, walk that uh, path. I'm sure it took Jesus a lot longer than that. People probably stopped him for selfies with uh, the donkeys and, and, and stuff like that. But I have to believe Donkey Guy followed along. As the people sing and, and shout to Jesus, Donkey Guy follows along and says, oh, my donkeys are doing so good. And then when they finish and Jesus gets off the donkeys, he gets his donkeys back. Imagine he, he takes them home and he ties them up. He goes inside and says, honey, you're not going to believe this. I had a phenomenal day. Jesus rode into town on our uh, donkeys. It was amazing. People lined the streets. They were shouting and singing and, and worshiping. I'm not sure I understand all of it. But little donkey and big donkey were in it today. Now they're in the... They're in the stable, they're eating, they're fine, they're a little worn out from all the enthusiasm. But our donkeys carried Jesus into town. And so he got his donkeys back. They didn't crucify the donkeys, they crucified Jesus. And I know we're supposed to have you know, altruistic motives for generosity, but we're human beings, we're flesh and blood. And so let me put this in some real terms that we can understand. If you get generous, if, if, if you give, you get it back. And I didn't say that. God said it. As a matter of fact, you get it back with interest. Scripture says that whoever sows generously reaps generously. Jesus said, give, and it'll be given to you in greater abundance. Take a look at what 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 says, for God is the one who provides seed uh, for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. God blesses you so that you can be generous. And Jesus said that when we give, we store up treasure in heaven. Whenever you open your hands and give something away, you actually uh, open up a doorway through which you will receive something back from God in this life or the next life. It's incredible, isn't it? Because when you give to God, you don't lose it. You get it back with interest in this life or the next life. One of the ways I think God blesses us 
enriches us when we give in this life is with joy uh, from seeing God change lives through our generosity. And I want you to see some of the ways that God used your generosity in 2019 to change the lives of uh, many people. Take a look at this uh, recap. several students uh, on stage with us this morning, which is super exciting. I've had the privilege of being able to watch these students um, and lead these students and, and watch them grow not only as musicians, but as people and as leaders. And so I'm so proud of them that they're here up on stage with us uh, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. everyone in our culture, we have to multiply instead of simply just grow existing churches. And so you guys, through your generosity, you are on the front line of that work. You are doing that in Durham, North Carolina, and we are so, so thankful for you. aspect of it was a lifting of the weight of my past. I, I had never considered that Jesus died for me. I didn't feel worthy of that. I realized that he did die for me and getting baptized I think was me acknowledging that and appreciating that. Give God a hand for what he's doing, for what he's done in 2019. Great year in so many ways. And thank you for your generosity 
that made all that possible. But River Glen's not done. We're not done. And I believe that our greatest days of impact for Jesus are ahead of us. But God doing his greatest work in and through River Glen is going to require more of us to open our hands and practice this amazing opportunity of uh, generosity. For some of you, your next step is just to get intentional with generosity. Maybe you give sporadically. You know, you, you, you know, sometimes you give. You know, sometimes you don't give. You get to the end of the year, you do your taxes, and you go, I didn't really give as much as I, as I thought I would uh, give. And uh, there's a good fix for that. A good fix is by giving in a predetermined way online on a regular basis. Marnie and I do that. We have uh, set up recurring giving on uh, River Glen's electronic uh, platform for giving. It's uh, so simple, and we don't even have to think about it. It's an advanced decision. Uh, River Glen has a great platform. It's called PushPay, and it is super easy. You can get this set up in like two minutes. You can take out your phone right now and text River Glen to 77977, or you can go to our website. Making generosity a habit is going to grow this area in your life because when you make it a habit, not only can God use it to change more lives, it's going to bring you joy and fulfillment from, from doing it. River Glen's making an impact today because so many people, so many of you give your donkeys to be used by Jesus. But this is not really a story in Matthew chapter 21. It's not really, it's not really about two donkeys and a, a donkey owner. That's part of the story. But the story is mainly about the one who rode the donkey. It's really about the generosity of God. And so I don't want you to walk out of here going, oh, that was a, you know, that was a cool story about donkeys. I want you to walk out of here today feeling we have an amazing and generous God. I, I can't believe that he went into Jerusalem and died on a cross to save my life for all eternity. And I get written into the story through my generosity. And so I'd like to end the message today by sharing communion together and remembering that crowd that lined the streets and cheered for Jesus, they turned away from Jesus over the next few days. But Jesus stayed faithful and fulfilled the mission that God sent him to do. And he accomplished the greatest demonstration of of love, the greatest demonstration of generosity that our world has ever seen. Let me pray for us, and then we'll pass communion. And our communion is open to anybody who receives Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. Thank you for in inviting us to partner with you in what you're doing in Waukesha, in Pewaukee, Milwaukee, and just all over the world. Thank you for using us and writing us into your story. And God, I pray that, that we will open our hearts. More of us will open our hands uh, to you and untie things and bring them to you so that you can make, so that Jesus can make an even greater impact through us. And thank you, Jesus, for writing into our personal lives, into our personal stories, and writing into our brokenness and selfishness and sinfulness. Thank you for humbly giving your life for us and to us. You are the most generous one we have ever heard of, the most generous one that we have seen. And it's in your name I pray, amen.